gorgeous Georgian goes, are you ready? Junkie Nation, are you ready? Well, let's get it on. From the fight capital of the world, Las Vegas, Nevada, this is MMA Junkie Radio. We roll it! What's going on, Junkie Nation? Gorgeous George and Goes are back. It is Thursday morning, ready to talk with you about mixed martial arts. We got some big fight cards coming up this weekend, including PFL 8, 2022 playoffs. Oh, boy. I'm always going to goof that one up the way they've said it. Look at this one. Bellator 284 and UFC on ESPN 41. Heck, even Bellator 284 is just flowing off my tongue a lot easier. But they're all those are the three major promotions in North America, arguably the world, and there's a lot to talk about. So we'll go over these cards that are coming up, some of the latest news, and it's going to be a fun time as always. Where to begin? I mean, I think we're more news heavy on this show than prediction heavy. You know, luckily our guy Dan Tom does the breakdowns of the big fights that are coming up. We're all active in terms of turning in our our staff picks as well as the site. So you always have an idea of at least where we're leaning. And then on fight nights, we're usually jumping in there and telling you what we think, you know, going in in case there's some last minute switches. So we get bailed out by that. Let's touch on some of the latest news, man. Where do you want to start? I think we should go back as far as we can, which would be Dana White's Contender Series. Um, Decent night of fights. Yeah, He let in four people, sort of, right? Um, Bo Nickel, who went out there and just absolutely destroyed his opponent. I mean, it wasn't even close. He did the best you could possibly do. Yet he was not awarded a contract. What he was told by Dana is he wants him to come back and do one more fight. I don't really get that. And I know he's kind of clarified since then. But what if Bo Nickel comes in and loses? Then what do you do? You know, like you don't want to leave him. He's not ready. Yeah, you don't want to leave him out there for like a Bellator or a PFL to pick him up or something. Um, I just say you put him in. You know, and, and even if you put them in, even if you say we're going to give you a contract, but we still want you to fight another day, like, I don't know. You're the UFC. You can do whatever the hell you want. But I don't know what one more fight is really going to prove. Obviously, the kid has a lot of talent. Um, I say you just bring them in. Or even that dumb, probably non existent UFC developmental contract. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I think a few of the fighters had that. And. I don't know if they even exist or not, or if they're basically you you're with us. It's just, you know, we're still going to take the matchmaking slow. I, I don't know. They, they make up rules as they go. Right. But look, he fought a guy that was three and no. So what can you do? If you're one and no, and you're fighting a guy that's three and no, okay. The matchmaking solid in that regard. Did Bo nickel buzzsaw through him? Yeah. Because he may just be further along than the three and no guy. And look, Last week, they just announced a guy to fight in one of the biggest cards all year, Madison Square Garden, against the number two top pound-for-pound guy in the world. And this will be his sixth title defense. They're building it up. He's only 6-1. and one. You know what I mean? Like, it, okay, and here's another one. He said, well, the only time we've done it is Brock. You know, and Brock was special, all right? CM Punk, he forgot about him. He didn't have any fights. The guy that he fought the second time, because I think the first time was Mickey Gall, and the second time was the uh, reporter, right? I forget yeah. his name. Mike, Mike, uh, huh? Jackson. Yeah. So, you know, like this thing has happened before. And get this, goes. Unless I'm mistaken, there's a boxer named Danielle Wolf that came over, was on Contender Series. She's only 1-0, and guess what? She's fighting next week in Salt Lake City at UFC 278. So mm-hmm. how could this be like that rare instance where you want to turn down a three-time All-American who buzzsawed your opponent? What was the point of him being there if he didn't qualify, especially after that passionate speech he gave two weeks ago? 
show me what you got. This guy just did. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? But if there wasn't enough, then I guess let him go out there and make, you know, I don't know, maybe Eagle FC would pay him a little bit more or or, or, or something else. But, um, I mean, I like that they got him under the umbrella, but that one more fight, that ain't going to make no difference. And he knows better. It's just that once he steps into that, the only way he can do it is by shoveling more crap down our throats. But I bet you, he goes, I bet you on his drive home, he's telling Elliot, the, the camera guy, man, I done, I done messed up. Why'd I do that? You know, I dug a big hole for myself. Or he just likes messing with people. But that's not fair to Bo Nickel. You can mess with the media. We'll mess with you back as well. But that's just not cool. That dude was ready. That dude fought even better than other people that, that have gotten in. He's taken in someone that lost, for crying out loud. And how many people is he? I bet you we did our, our, some research. Uh, I bet you there's a lot of people that he deemed were ready, went 0-2, and they're already no longer in the UFC. So get out of here with that. You know, like the, So you, you got him at 8-1, then they became 8-3, and, and then you realize, oh, they're not for the company. I mean, come on. Like, that's a stud. That guy's a stud. He's ready to go. Should have taken him. That some of your best athletes bring that guy in to help prepare them for other monsters, right? I mean, there's so many things that tell you this is your guy. Keep him. The only thing I can't think of is, all right, well, what's Dana's thinking? Like, how does this help Dana? I don't understand that part. I, I, I don't see what the benefit of. So really, it just to me, it just comes down to a, a poor decision. I mean, the only thing I can think of is he's he. It, this is like a get back at someone. It can't be Bo Nickel because I don't think they've even crossed paths. Who's his management group? That first round management. Maybe he just wanted to sting the Kawas one time. Uh, could it be? Could it be that someone was in his ear from ESPN and they said, "Hey, if you were to turn this guy down, that'd be TV gold." You know, maybe something like that. I, I have no idea. Uh, maybe his friends, his rich friends, dared him. Hey. I dare you to be a dick tonight and just do something none of us expected. You know, oh, yeah, watch this. Who knows, goes, uh, and, and that's crazy stuff that I'm saying, right? Crazy stuff. But, you know, I, I don't know. It, it just, we're, we're trying to graduate. I still feel like sometimes we're still in high school. Like, that right there was a junior high move. Sometimes I feel like we're in high school. Sometimes I feel like we're actually in college you know, when we're covering the sport. And sometimes I feel like we're in the master's program or we're already we're out there working like professionals. We can say professionals, but sometimes we revert back to clowns. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. Um, so, yeah, if we move past that, uh, then we're going to come up across PFL, which has drastically changed here in the last 24 hours. A couple changes at, at PFL, and then uh, eventually we'll get to Bellator, which, by the way, Lima Lane McFarland missed weight. So, yeah, every promotion has kind of had a little bit of a hiccup here. Yeah, and by the way, uh, Spike Carlisle, former UFC veteran, he'll join us on the program as well. I may have excluded that from the intro. He is, uh, yeah, we'll catch up with him. So, okay, we put that to rest. The fights were fun, and I'm a fan of Dana White Contender Series. I want that. I want... 10 weeks in the summer, 10 weeks in the winter. Get rid of Ultimate Fighter. You know my stance. Get rid of the women's featherweight division as well. Um, bring 65 and 75. Squash 70. There you go. All right. I'm, I'm all caught up with some of my grievances when it comes to some of these weight classes. Um, you mentioned PFL. Well, they have a couple switches that I guess we need to announce. So Roy McDonald has a new opponent. And... Let me see. I want to get the names right here. So Rory McDonald is now set to face Delano Taylor, which would have been, I guess, a fifth-place guy. I didn't have time to look at the rankings. This literally happened as we were starting the show up. So uh, Juan Adams, he'll be replacing Dennis Goldsoff and facing Matthias Scheffel. I imagine as well Juan Adams was either in fifth place or just the next available fighter. And I believe Visa Issues was what triggered this. And this is Thursday, guys. Like, the fights are coming up here. Are they? Is PFL going tomorrow, goes, or are they going Saturday? I have an answer. Hold on. It's Saturday. Yeah, that's a little bizarre. They usually go on Friday. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, yeah, yeah, Saturday. They go on Saturday. 
So this is two days before. Now, they probably had people on standby. I'll, I'll give the PFL props for that. Comes out of their pocket, but they've done this before, especially when they do it for the uh, the finals. They, they have six titles at stake, and they have six standbys. So well, where I really want to give them props, how about one of their co-founders, Don Davis, saying after Chris Cyborg announced that she's going to be boxing on September 25th on a boxing card in Brazil, Kayla Harrison, I guess, was a little peeved. And she wants some of that, right? And, you know, I don't know if she really has a leg to stand on in terms of being peeved because if boxing's paying her well and she gets to fight in her whole country, I mean, that's just like next month. Like, you can still fight Cyborg. So I don't know. I didn't get the gist of what that whole deal was. What I did find out, though, was that this guy was willing to pay a million to each lady and then a $2 million win bonus. And I thought, wow. Now, granted, it would be a pay-per-view, and that's fine. But that's one hell of a main event. And, yeah, Cyborg technically is available because she fought out her contract after after she defended her title against Arlene Blanco. I think the fight was in Hawaii. Now, what I don't know was the right to match and all that BS. You know, same thing with what happened with Kayla. She, she got wind and dined by the UFC. Bellator, Bellator made a strong offer. PFL said, nah, we're going to. We're going to keep her. We got the right, you know, to refuse or whatever that's called and, or to match. So I don't know if that's what happens with Cyborg. But uh, knowing Scott Coker, because he said we'll cover it all, knowing Scott Coker, I think he's a fighter's guy. And if he saw an opportunity like that for one of his fighters, especially if they did good business together, I, I'd say I think he would go go Cyborg, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean – Look at MVP, right? He had the chance to do bare knuckle. Well, that's a major player in Bellator that you're risking there. Uh, man, I, I don't know, dude. Like, I don't want to fall for all the – I don't want to call it hype because um, Kayla Harrison has proven that she's a good fighter. I just don't know that she's on the level of somebody that we're talking about as one of the greatest to ever do this in women's MMA. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I don't know how that fight goes. I mean, I, my my brain tells me uh, Cyborg just comes in and, and wrecks her. I don't know. What, what do you think, George? Uh, Well, you know, Kayla, obviously, very, very good on the ground. That's where her strength is. If they spend a lot of time there, Kayla with ground and pound and jujitsu could cause some damage. But... Chris is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu uh, black belt, and she's physically very, very strong. That's I'm just talking about the ground game. Once they've already hit the ground, right? Maybe she gets judo tossed to the ground or just taken down, or maybe she knocks her down. I don't know. That's just on the ground. Keeping her there, that's going to be a challenge, especially for five rounds. But let's say none of that happens, and she has to strike with Cyborg. Oof. I see Cyborg way better on the feet than I see Kayla way better on the ground. Versus Cyborg. So what I'm trying to say is I think Cyborg is just more skilled overall. But there is a path for Harrison. It just takes a lot of work, a lot of discipline. I don't think Kayla Harrison can knock her out. And I I mean, eh, it's, it's tough to say submission, man, because I've seen so many black belts submit other black belts. That, they, that can happen, you know. But um, like I say, I, I, I would favor Cyborg at this point. If you go up and down Kayla Harrison's record, and you match Cyborg up against each one of those, don't you feel like she would just wreck all of them? Like, completely wreck them all? And Kayla, I don't want to say has had problems with girls, but she hasn't looked that great against some of them. You know, she got got the job done, but she didn't look great as where I feel like Cyborg would just dismantle each and every one of them. I don't know, man. I feel like, uh, I feel like sometimes we, we fall in love with these fighters and we don't keep it real. I don't know if this fight is as competitive. I, I think it could be eventually, but we just need to see more of Kayla Harrison. But if it happens, uh, depending on that pay-per-view price, you probably got me. Oh, yeah. I'll pay for that pay-per-view. When a company's going out of their way to do that and they get two in their prime, two studs in their prime ready to go, mm-hmm. I am down to pay to see who's got the bigger ovaries. Uh. <laughs> um, but we'll see. Let's let this... Let's let Cyborg do her fight in Brazil, and 
let's see how it goes with um, Kayla Harrison, you know, in these playoffs. I think Larissa Pacheco, man, she's just not going to, you know, take a beating like some of the other ladies that that Chris that, that Kayla Harrison has faced. I think she's got her hands full there. And if they both come out of it, then, yeah, early next year, if they want to do a pay-per-view and, and Bellator allows it, I'm all in. And I'm pretty sure Chris Cyborg will be all in. That's a lot of money, man. She did mention on on um, social media, well, how do you know I'm already a multimillionaire? Or I'm, I'm already a multimillionaire. And that could probably be true. All you got to do is have $2 million and you're a multimillionaire. But, mm-hmm. you know, you could win $3 million in this fight. So you would more than double it, right? Now, she might have Definitely. 10, she might have 20, or, or who knows. But um, I, I've seen a lot of what Chris Cyborg's gotten paid in the past, and um, this has to be right up there as far as payday for her. Yeah, for sure. If she wins. That $2 million bonus, obviously, is the key. All right, what else we got? Yeah, what happens if it's a draw? <laughs> well, five rounds, huh? So, yeah, maybe 10-8 in there. Uh, if it's a classic, I bet you they'd still give the two million and say they, they'd split it. Yeah, if it's a classic, if it's Esparza Nama Yunus two, I'm sorry to those two young ladies. I like both of them, man. They're both great fighters, but they did have a dud. But that's just the example we're going to use going forward, I think. Or if it's a Lewis and Ganu, then I bet you they just go, they just <laughs> throw their hands up and go, well, it's a draw, you know. Uh-huh. And I don't even know if they rebook it. If it's literally along the lines of what I just said, they may just be over it. But, um, yeah, man, like, I don't think it would be that. I think one would finish the other. All right. All right, moving on. Why don't we get this off our chest? I don't know if you're as aggravated by this as I am. But uh, the media asked Dominic Cruz, hey, Dom, you think you think Daniel Cormier is going to be prepared for this? this event and he kind of gave his his sarcastic answer of no you know you know daniel daniel's gonna be daniel that sort of thing um but then all outlets did were report on what he said and cormier kind of got a little upset you know why are people twisting dominic's words they're not twisting his words it's what he said and again and and uh dominic cruz kind of co-signed on it right but again, just don't say douchey things and you won't have any problems. You know, hey, Daniel's one of the best in the business. I'm sure I'm sure he's there for a reason. Something like that, right? But if you're going to say something sarcastic like that again, after already getting yourself in a jam, then you deserve everything that's going to come your way. Did, did that yeah. not bother you? Like, is that not annoying? Cormier probably worded it wrong. Basically, the media grabbed a part of his quote and used it as their their thumbnail or their headline or whatever, their links. And so in, in that regard, I understand where he's coming from, but he's wrong because you can't fit everything he said on a thumbnail. That, that you know, you click it for a reason, and then, yeah, you're supposed to go in there and see what's, what it's all about. You read the story. But we don't do that in this day and age, to be honest. A lot of us just surf headlines, and if we see 10 of them, we might click on three. Some might click seven. Some might click all 10. I don't know. But, he, yeah, you're right. Dominic Cruz said whatever was part of that certain thumbnail or, or uh, link or headline, Dominic said it. And if they knew what happened the first time, I think Dominic probably just could have left it alone because I know what hurt DC the first time. DC seems to be blowing it off the second time and maybe they patched it up and maybe they've agreed to bust each other's balls and, and all that. But the first time it was more like, bro, what are you doing? Like literally you're telling my bosses, I don't come to work prepared. It was, it was more serious the first time. So maybe they all huddled up and said, nah, DC, we know you're the, you're the man. You guys can do that in the media, you know, and maybe they're all having back a laugh at us, but DC's reaction tells me that maybe that's not the case. Who knows? All, All I know is, I, I wouldn't do that to a, a friend, and um, I, I think most people I know wouldn't either. And I wouldn't have done it the first time. Again, it would have to take the circumstances that I laid out where everyone's cool with it for me to maybe keep being kind of an ag, but nah, I don't think so. Yeah, just silly shit, dude. Really, really silly shit. 
Yeah, exactly. Um. So okay, now we're up to. Why don't we talk about a couple of fight bookings that just happened? Molly McCann is fighting Aaron Blanchfield. That's this is an interesting matchup. Okay, I really don't understand this one. And then there's another one: Cannonier versus Strickland. If I'm the Ooh. UFC, okay. Obviously, they're liking this whole Molly Meatball thing with Patty Pimblett. Uh, so if you're going to book her, Aaron Blanchfield is a tough opponent, right? There's a girl, Miranda Maverick, who's been calling out Meatball Man, or Meatball Molly. There's a lot of heat there. This girl beat Meatball, or sorry, beat Miranda Maverick. This girl's on a pretty good streak. So I don't know what their thought process is behind this because I thought they would really want to push Meatball. This is a tough fight. Props to them for doing it. But I don't really understand the logic here. And then on the other one, Cannoneer and Strickland, I felt like that heat that Strickland had with Izzy at the press conference was something. It was laying the foundation for something. Now, Strickland lost. Obviously, you can't do it right away. But I feel like you would want to put him back on a path to make that happen. Jared Cannoneer is no slouch. That That's a massive fight there. So, again, the matchmaking props to them because they're giving us good matchups. But it's so weird because it's it's night and day. What do you think of these two matchups? I know McCann and Blanchfield is at Madison Square Garden in November. Did they say anything about Cannoneer and Strickland? It's going to main event. I just don't remember where. Okay. All right. So Blanchfield is really, really strong, and she can just drown you. And Miranda Maverick is pretty strong, and she would probably tell you, yeah, yeah, no, that, that, other, that other gal is – formidable you know i don't think most of the time even if you get beat you're just gonna sit there and sing praises left and right i think miranda even brought brought up brought that fight up on on our interview that we did with her you can catch all of our interviews over at youtube.com forward slash mma junkie video and while i'm plugging stuff reminder that on august 20th goes and i will be doing a watch along for ufc 278 starring kamaru usman and uh Deion edwards plus the return of paulo costa he fights luke rockhold um all right Yep. This one is uh, it's October 15th. And they don't have a location for it, but they all anticipate that it will be at the Apex. Yeah, that's one week before that star-studded card out in um, Abu Dhabi. So, first Blanchfield McCann. I don't like it. McCann is on a roll. And I think her and Pimblet could still benefit from more seasoning. You want to put them up against competitive fighters in my opinion, who will still test them. And if those fighters elect to take the fight to the ground, okay. But ground specialists, right now, when you've got something pretty special, the business side is telling me that's a bad business decision, what they're doing. They're going to kill it right there. I don't think she can get past Blanchfield. Um, Now, if behind the scenes, McCann and her management have assured, don't worry, we got this. We want this type of a matchup. We've been working on the ground. We want to address it now rather than later. We want to prove a point, whatever. Then maybe that's what happened. Who knows? That's the fun part about this game is all that speculation. Who's telling the truth? Who isn't? Who really is saying stuff? Who isn't? I don't know. But from what I could tell, I I, I would just kind of keep matchmaking them the way they have been, and I wouldn't have made that matchup. I don't think I would have made that matchup. And then as far as Cannonier and Strickland, I'm glad that they're both getting back on the horse right away. They both took some tough losses. October, let me see, the 5th of July, so August, September, October. That's only three months, man. Uh, you know, Cannonier went through a war and Strickland got knocked out. That seems like a kind of a quick turnaround. But when the UFC needs you, they can entice you sometimes with a little extra cheddar, you know? Mm-hmm. My opinion on that fight goes is that, I mean, yeah, man, that that KO power. It's hard to walk away from from um, Cannonier at this point, but he's he's also I mean, he's in shape, but he's also pushing thirty nine. Strickland taking down Cannonier. Cannonier has a wrestling background. That might not be as easy as if he could have maybe done that to Pajeda. Um, but Strickland also has endless cardio as long as you don't turn your light, turn his lights out. So maybe if he could do what he does without maybe getting sloppy, sure, maybe he can 
put the kind of pace on him, you know, that Izzy didn't. You know, Izzy obviously had his own strategy, but he didn't put a a high level pace on him. And if and if he can do that, then maybe he can tax him in that regard and either knock him out towards the end or just win a decision. Strickland's unique in that way, you know. But he's he after you get knocked knocked out like he just did, I wonder if he's rethinking it. I don't know. Well, if you had to guess, what do you think the odds will be for these two fights? That's a tough one, no? I would say Blanchfield minus 200. Really? Cannoneer minus 150. I I don't know. I was going to say Cannoneer probably minus around 180. Maybe 200. And then I actually thought Blanchfield would be minus 150 around there. Okay, so we're not too far off from each other. I'm giving a little more credit to Blanchfield. You're giving a little more credit to um, Cannoneer. I'm looking at – I know I've already looked on – let's look at our partners typical right quick. They usually don't have fights turned around this fast, but to be fair, let's check. Because I was was glancing at their uh, website the other day, and they, they have odds. That are pushed out, you know. Oh, yeah. These are the following. So we got, they're all the way out to. Let's look. Yeah, they only have Adesanya Pajeda, which, if you're curious, oops, Israel Adesanya minus 180, Alex Pajeda plus 140. So I'll reserve, I'll resort to my other place that I used to get odds prior to Typical. And that's bestfightodds.com. Bestfightodds.com has futures, and I'm looking right now. Oh, by the way, they have Nunez and Kayla. Wait, sorry. Here's Justino and Kayla. Justino's minus 200. Chris Justino. Chris Cyborg is minus 200 against Kayla Harrison. Oh, you're out of your mind. Those Give are me that all day. You'll take Kayla, uh, Cyborg? Yeah, man. man you wouldn't? Day. All day, George. It's nothing against Kayla. It's just we, we haven't seen enough of Kayla against top okay. competition. Get this one goes. Amanda Nunez, minus 700 against Juliana Pena. Remember she, remember she was like minus 260, minus 280 after what we are, we all witnessed? She's back up to minus 700. Wow. Um, Shemayev, minus 1250 against Nick Diaz. Nate Diaz. Nick Diaz. Why do you have Nick Diaz up? It's got to be a mistake. Uh, wow, Poirier would have been minus four fifty over Nate Diaz, plus three fifty. I don't think it's that, that big of a difference. Yeah. And then uh, they don't have meatball, and they don't have uh, the other one, Strickland. Yeah. So we're just guessing at this point, but I kind of have an idea. I think I said minus two hundred for Blanchfield. Minus one fifty for Cannoneer. So see if you can remember yours. You said minus one eighty for Cannoneer, mm-hmm. and minus one fifty for Blanchfield. Yeah. Okay. Um, I yeah. Again, I love the Strickland matchup. I, I'm not a big fan of meatballs. Now, do you put Patty Pimlet on the same card, or do you think you hold him to Vegas and split them up for once? I think it's a mistake. I think you always keep them on the same. I mean, it's not the worst mistake you can make in the world, but I, I think you uh, you keep them together as long as you can. Yeah. Well, he he could still wind up being on the card. You never know. Yeah. What else you got? Uriah Hall retired. Yeah, almost twenty fights, and he had about a you know what was it a nineteen and seven record or something? No, that would have been more than twenty fights in the UFC. I'm talking about and. You know, so look, obviously he's got great stand-up like Israel Adesanya. And Israel Adesanya, you've seen the career he's been able to make out of having great stand-up and just avoiding the ground by working on your takedown defense um, or obviously getting up or surviving. And then Anderson Silva, I would probably notch him a little bit ahead. You know, he made a, a living from great striking, but on the ground he also had you know, he had some skills. I remember he submitted Dan Henderson, and I remember he triangled Chelsea. And so I would rate him higher, you know, higher than uh, 
than Israel Adesanya and Uriah Hall. But my point is, I think Uriah Hall coming out with so much promise, I was expecting him to maybe not duplicate these two because these two are going to wind up going down as all-time greats, but at least get as close as a title shot. He did have a nice four-fight run Mm -hmm. about three years ago, but um, it didn't work out. The last couple times I saw him fight, he was really, really fading and you know, it's hard for me to say out of shape, probably just out of shape for an MMA fight because he's always in great shape. I love watching him train. I would have paid to watch him train, and that's no exaggeration, man. He uh, he was one of those guys that you just call it, kind of followed around the room because he brought out the best out of the other guy, and he just had some incredible moves. He had a hidden hit and miss with the fans, with media. You know, wasn't always the most accessible, wasn't always the friendliest, and sometimes I remember he came into our studio, it was awesome. You know, but super fun, like skilled guy to watch win or lose, always put on a show. I just think he could have accomplished a little bit more. Um, and I gave the examples of, of why I think that I really think he was that that skilled. Now, I'm not calling him a slug in any way like, oh, he dogged it and didn't want it. No, you know, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, you know, I, I think some of it might have also been mental. He's been pretty upfront about that as well you know you got to be pretty strong in the latter stages of, of your career when there's so much pressure that you know you uh you have to be just as strong mentally as you are physically but i want to tell it as close as it is tell him the truth something that i feel comfortable where i could say in front of him and if he hates me forever fine i'm just doing my job but i think he'd respect me for telling the truth yeah i think i don't think i don't think it's the last we've seen of him i, I think he'll think about this a little bit and maybe come back I don't know where he's at in his UFC contract, but I think he could have life outside of uh, the UFC. Yeah, I think I agree. I think he could have life outside the UFC. So for right now, he just needed to take a back seat. Cool. I know he's high 30s, like 38, I think I saw. And I don't know if he has anything else lined up. God bless him if he does. But I thought he went out with class. I thought his post was very classy in that regard. And um, I wish him the best either way. But, yeah, I, like you, I, I always sense that there, there, there's something there. Hey, hell, I'd love to see him. I always think of Jake Paul, right? But I'd love to see him against Jake Paul. I think that'd be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's talk to our guest next, Spike Carlisle, who just signed to fight in early October against AJ McKee. McKee's moving up to lightweight. So this will be McKee's debut in the lightweight division, or at least – from what I can remember, he's been a longtime featherweight and a former featherweight champion at Bellator. He just lost his title to Patricio Pitbull. They're both fighting on the same card, by the way. So Pitbull's defending his his uh, light, sorry, his featherweight title against Piccolotti, right? Uh, no. Oh, Usman Nurmagomedov. Oh yeah, Usman. Sorry. Yeah, okay. So so that's a great one-two punch there and a great fight for Spike Carlisle. What's going on, Junkie Nation? Gorgeous George and Goes are back with another superstar in the sport of mixed martial arts. This time we get to talk to Spike Carlisle who just recently signed a bout agreement to fight A.J. McKee at an upcoming Bellator card. I believe it's 286 on October 1st in Long Beach, California. Great stuff. Welcome back, Spike. How are you? Thank you, guys. Yes, the Alpha Ginger's here and uh, excited to be here with you, gentlemen. And, uh, oh, man, I'm, I'm pumped. This is so so exciting. That's a big fight, bro. Big, big fight. And, uh, you know, against the... Great, great fighter for Bellator. Bellator, you know, he's got to be up there as, as one of the best fighters they've ever produced. So big stage, big opponent. Yeah, I mean, he had, uh, what, eight, 18 wins in a row for Bellator. I think that's the most in the company's history. Uh, in my opinion, he's like one of the poster boys. So this is this is the biggest fight I could have at this point in my career. So total total blessing. I can't, can't wait. I'm, it's like, like I said, I'm just ah, all jazzed up. You being a California guy. 
and him being a California guy, both in Southern California. Have you yeah. ever trained together or mixed it up at all? No, no. no I uh, try to limit who I uh, train with because uh, eventually you're going to have to fight, you know, yeah. people. <laughs> so I try to try to keep it. Uh, my close training partners uh, somewhat small for the most part. Okay, that's fair. You know, let's go back a little bit. When you were with the UFC, um, I know it didn't go the way you wanted, but, man, you really did have a motor, and you always fought to the whole, you know, till the end, whether it was the end of a round, the end of a fight. I really enjoyed that, and I wish that would have been recognized. You know, the even the last loss, I believe, might have been Quarantilla. That was a close one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so, since then, you won five in a row, and, like, you yep. weren't just picking off chumps, like, you know, overseas or nothing like that. I mean, like, LFA, Cage Warriors, Ryzen, Bellator. So that was a nice bounce back to your career. Thank you. 4-0 just in 2021. If we tack on the, the fight from earlier this year, you're on a five-five win streak. And I thought, wow, this guy's really putting himself in a position where he can maybe have conversations everywhere. Now, is that what happened, or did Bellator snatch you right back up? Yeah, so uh, after uh, my Bellator fight, they offered me a, a contract and. You know, like I've always said, I've always wanted to fight in Japan. At that time, Japan was still closed off because um, of the whole uh, pandemic thing going on. So, uh, anyways, uh, Japan was able to bring me in, and also I wanted to fight for Bellator, and I talked to them both, and they have a really good terms, and thankfully we were able to to come to a place where I can uh, fight for both promotions at the same time. So it's like it's like I said, it's a complete, it's everything I wanted. So I'm very very happy with it. Yeah, and to be fair, Japan's probably one of those overseas countries that definitely you don't get chumps over there. That's a that's a proper promotion in Ryzen. Yeah. I'm talking about other parts of the world where they where you come out twenty two and zero, you know, before you show up to North America, and then all of a sudden we see what you're really all about. But yeah, all right. So uh, I guess just to be fair, you did come from the UFC. That's how we kind of you know that's how yeah. you came on our radar. Were they ever a player in terms of like sometimes when they part ways, they go 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 grab some wins. And come back. Was that ever a goal of yours before you wound up with Bellator? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Oddly enough, like, uh, yeah, they they did say, you know, go get a couple wins, and um, you know, we'll, we'll you know talk or whatever. And uh, but like I said, my my desire was always to fight in Japan, and um, I love like the uh, uh, style of fighting. I love the rule set. The rules are better, in my opinion. The judging's better. The fans are awesome. Uh, probably the best in the world. And then not only that, but they put on like a show. It's like, you know, we're, I'm a 50% fighter, 50% entertainer, you know? And so that fits my style. And I think Bellator's similar with that, with their shows. Like I can walk out as all my crazy characters. I can be more of a uh, myself there. So it wasn't like, uh, I, once I got out of the UFC, it wasn't like, oh, I mean, I, I really want to go back right now. So I'm really happy with where I'm at in this stage of my career. Well, that's great. So you wrote your own script. And it happened to wind up with a company that you actually wanted to. Yes. Um, so congrats, man. It doesn't get any better than that. You yeah. Know? No, it really doesn't. Um, and so I wanted to ask you, earlier a question you said was you kind of keep your inner circle tight when it comes to training partners. Mm-hmm. You you came across with us through uh, Benil Dariush. You made a cameo there on, a, on an interview we were yeah. doing with him. Talk about that relationship with him. Uh, I think, you know, he kind of described to us that he's, you, you guys are like brothers. So I guess he'd be like an older brother. How long have you guys been teammates and w- what has he done to impact, you know, your development being that he's one of the top lightweights in the world himself? Yeah. So I'm pretty sure he didn't refer to me as his little brother. He called me his son. So, uh, <laughs> that, that's, uh, we call, he's got a lot of sons. So we call him, we joke around, we call him father Abraham and, yeah. uh, even though he treats me like a big brother, I mean, he beats up on me, but uh, I like that he referred to me as his son because you, as a, as a, a good parent wants their sons or their daughters to do better than them. So uh, I like how he referred to me as his son and not his little brother that he gets to beat up on all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so are you just exclusive kind of with him or do you go to, um, do you go to Rafael Cordero's gym? And because mm-hmm. and, and, I know you're based in San Diego, right, I believe? or, or Yeah, I actually live in network. Orange County. So I live up in Orange County. I train at uh, Kings MMA Anaheim primarily with Benny and then also uh, the training lab with Mark Munoz. Mm -hmm. So those are my two uh, main gyms that I I go to. Do you ever dip down to Huntington Beach for their Friday, their their big Fridays where they – 
you know, go hard? Yeah, when I have a fight coming up. Not when not when I, not when I don't have a fight coming up because they they go hard, man. It's good, amazing sparring and as as real as it gets. But uh, like I said, when I have a, a a fight lined up, that's when we'll go there. But during uh, when I don't have a fight on on schedule, no, I don't. And were you talking in the past tense, or did Mark Munoz reopen up his gym? Because I think he had one. It closed. Has it reopened, or you meant back in the day? Yeah, no, I'm still with him. Uh, the training lab when. You know, the whole uh, coronavirus happened. It, it kind of was crazy for a little bit in California. So it um, shut down for a little while, but now it's back up and running and we're building the good good squad over there. Man, that's great to hear. Um, yeah. Munoz has been, first of all, an awesome collegiate wrestler, you know, mm -hmm. defending a national title. Sorry, he won a national title. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, he came to the UFC and got very, very far in the UFC, did well there. But we had always heard about how good he was transitioning into being a coach. I heard more about him maybe um, with TJ and the team of, of mm -hmm. fighters that they have that work with uh, the other gentleman. I forget his name. Coach Cal? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're the best. But I, I, that, that's great to hear. I'm, I guess I'm just trying to say it's great to hear that he reopened and he got something going down. South yeah. County. All right. Um, so – AJ McKee, man, you know, this guy, where do you even begin to break this guy down? He's pretty good at everything. Yeah, so um, the the vision I got for this fight is uh, it's like a uh, leopard slash panther. So AJ's a, a leopard slash panther versus a tiger. I'm a tiger. So uh, <laughs> that's that's the way I envision this fight. That's the vision I have. And, um, you know, I think uh, the, the tiger will reign supreme for sure. I like it. Spike. So the situation that AJ's in, uh, we interviewed him not too long ago, a couple mm -hmm. days ago, and he's upset, obviously, at what happened with Pitbull and not having that rematch. But where do you think his focus is? Do you think he's able to turn that corner and it's all Spike Carlisle? Or do you think there's a little bit of his head that's still kind of resonating with that other matchup? Yeah, I hope I hope he's thinking of other things. You know, I don't want him. To, <laughs> I hope he doesn't show up on the fight night. I hope he's confused. I hope uh, you know everything that could go wrong goes wrong for him because uh, I'm I'm coming for that win, and I know I'm going to be fully prepared there. So um, it is unfortunate that he's not having the trilogy fight with Pitbull, but um, I got blessed with this opportunity. I'm not even. I, I don't think I was supposed to have this fight, but here we are. So let's let's make it happen. That was kind of a controversial loss. Um, what were your thoughts on that fight? Did you feel like Pitbull maybe might have exposed a couple things, or did mm -hmm. you think he got maybe the, the raw end of that deal? Yeah, um, I think I've watched the fight one and a half, two times, and uh, I, it's, it's, I definitely think AJ won the fourth and fifth round, which is cool because I think for him that was his first time fighting in the championship round, so uh, kudos for him. Um, so I have to rewatch it, but it was it was a close fight, um, and uh, you know who knows? Judge, you can't trust the judging in MMA. You know I, that's why I like um, uh, fights that are based on who's who's going for the finish, who's who's going for the damage, and not the round by round scoring system. You know, Spike, we've been doing our show fifteen years, and when we prepare for an interview, very rare do we look at someone's record and go what, and, and kind of go through again. Correct me if I'm wrong. You've only won one fight by decision that all, everything else has been finishes. Like, yes, what sir. is the secret to being able to do that? That is a lot of finishes in your career. Oh, yeah. uh, man. I, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just uh, ever since I was a little child, I've always gone for it. You know, I always uh, push it to the extremes, which can be a, a great thing in some aspects and, and not so much in others. But um, I got... I'm blessed, man. I have a knockout ability in every limb of my body. I have a high level submission game. So, and, uh, you know, not to toot my own horn, but I'll never quit. I have the heart of a champion tenfold. So, uh, heart of a tiger <laughs> thousandfold. So, you know, uh, I think I'm just, you know, I've been, been blessed, gifted. And I truly think, uh, you know, whether people believe it or not, I believe that, uh, the Holy spirit, uh, has guided me to this, this point And, uh, through the ups and downs and everything, but uh, he definitely, God helps me in there. Here's another thing I've noticed. You know, I mentioned your motor because you you definitely high, fat, it's a high, fast pace that you mm -hmm. put on. 
you seem to have a third lung. You don't really tire at all. And But another thing I noticed was athleticism. I always bust balls with fighters. We know a lot of them. We've done the military visits with them. We've gotten to know a lot of them very well. Cool. So obviously I don't do it with the intention of being hurtful or anything like that. I don't want to get my ass kicked, right? Yeah. But I've always teased them. I don't think MMA fighters are usually great athletes in other sports. They're great yeah. at fighting, right? Yeah. But something tells me that you probably played other sports and were pretty good. Am I right? I don't know. I, I see a lot of athleticism. Yeah, thank you. Uh, definitely. I played sports since I was like three or four years old. And, um, you know, I, I definitely rose to uh, the highest level of each each sport I did. And um, But I just loved to fight. Yeah, I just loved to – as soon as I could wrestle, I was like – I played uh, basketball on a competitive team. And, uh, you know, I got to middle school. I was 12 years old, and I had the opportunity to wrestle or keep playing basketball. And I wasn't getting uh, as as tall as the other guys. Like, oh, I think wrestling and – I, and I love wrestling way more anyway. So I, I went the wrestling route, and it paid off very well. So, yeah, I've been doing a variety of sports and did very well in them. So thank you. Did you play any football? Yes. I played uh, football, Pop Warner. And then uh, played also through middle school and my freshman year of high school I was actually a nose guard. <laughs> well, okay, I was going to ask you if you were like a hard-hitting safety or anything. You strike me as someone that probably had some wheels. But what mm -hmm. I've noticed, and here's what I'm getting at, a lot of times when you are pushing the athletes, you know, up against the cage or driving for a takedown or whatever, it seems like you're driving through them. And it reminds me of a guy named John Lynch. He used to be a safety. Oh, yeah. Uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Denver Broncos. And now he's the GM over at uh, the San Francisco 49ers. Goes, you know who I'm talking about, right? Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. Either Hall of Famer or future Hall of Famer. But yeah, this guy's sure. secret was he would drive through, you know. So when, when he was tackling, he was focused on driving through. And that's why he was a, a hard hitter. Yes. And so I, I think you, you have some of that. And that's, that's I guess, kind of what I was getting at, too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Um, yeah, one other thing uh, I meant to touch on it earlier, but – you know, I'm reading like comments and people and people are all like, oh, like his, he doesn't have a good gas tank or whatever. He needs to work on his cardio. It's like, man, I'm a professional fighter. I, I work a lot on my cardio. I work a lot on my endurance. Um, those fights I did gas out in the UFC, those fights were at 150 or 145. And uh, it wasn't so much a cardio or endurance issue, more so maybe uh, definitely a weight, weight cutting issue and a pacing issue. But my uh, cardio at 55 plus I finished all my opponents, so and I, you know, I, I can keep going, so that that will not be an issue. Well, here's the difference, okay? Because I, I saw that as well. You, you have to slow down. We're human, right? We can't do anything mm -hmm. as great as we were doing it in the 15th minute as we as we were in the first minute. Mm -hmm. But you didn't quit, so the drive yeah. was still there. You know yeah. what I mean? And and now that you kind of cleared it up, maybe some of it had to do with the cut cutting weight. Definitely, yeah. we've seen fighters move up and not have those uh, those types of problems. Uh, yeah, my, and the fights that you've had since then just told me that it wasn't like a, oh, this guy takes days off from camp type of thing. It mm -hmm. just, you know, it's the process of putting on a high pace, too. Yes. And uh, like I said, uh, like you said, I never quit. And that's true. My body was failing in those fights and uh, wasn't responding the way it normally does. But the, the mind has to be stronger. So definitely got to got to, you know, <laughs> I've never been finished and I never will be finished. God willing. And uh just gotta gotta stay focused and uh, stay in tip top shape. Tell me about this fishing trip you got coming on before you start uh, your camp. Yeah, are you are you guys like uh, deep in ocean fishermen or just yeah. kind of local? Or yeah, we went uh, deep sea fishing yesterday. Uh, like I said, I'm down in uh, Ensenada, Mexico. This is my pops. He lives down here right now. Uh, fortunately, didn't didn't catch anything yesterday, but we had a great time nonetheless. So. Man, there's all kinds of fish out there. You didn't catch nothing. Didn't didn't catch nothing yesterday. It was a uh, it was a bit of a, a rough day on the water, but it's okay. It's uh, a good day. Uh, what did my friend say? A good day fishing is is better than, or excuse me, a bad day fishing is better than the uh, the best day at work. But my work's fun, so <laughs> it is it was still a good time. I'm gonna have to hook you up with my cousins because they got a boat as well. Cool. And they go out there, and they you know I don't know where they go or what they do. Um, but they, they seem to always come back with something, but I don't know. Maybe, yeah. they, maybe the fish weren't biting. Yeah. Usually, uh, this was probably like, usually we catch some, some really good fish, but uh, not this time. So it's all good. What you don't want to do is go on the other side of Baja, California. Uh, that's where the Humboldt squid is. So be careful for that. Oh, one. you're talking about the, the Bay of Cortez. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I love actually, I think it's, it's, I like fishing out there cause it's, um, the water's a lot more calm and yeah. uh 
good good fishing out there. We usually go fishing in Loretto. It's awesome. Just read up on the Humboldt squid, man. You don't want to spend too much time if you, if you go in the ocean to cool okay. off. <laughs> okay. <Fair laughs> All right, man. Hey, we've taken up enough time. Go cool. enjoy the time you have with your pops. And I hope you have a safe camp, safe weight cut. And we can't wait to see that fight. We'll probably be there in Long Beach. We're, we're so callers like you. We just live in Vegas. Okay, that's a cool. great card, so I want to get out there for it. Um, oh, you're going to be the away game because, you know, that's his hometown. But but uh, maybe maybe you'll thrive in that pressure. A lot of fighters do. Yeah, I don't. You know, I'm from SoCal too, so I'm sure I'll have a lot of fans there. But uh, he has the majority of them. God willing, it'll be a, a quiet arena during that co-main event. <laughs> nice. All right, Spike. Take care, man. Thanks for the time. Thank you, guys. Have a great one. All right. Sorry about that. We may have been a little bit off. I had to turn off the mic, so the volume adjustments might be a little tweaked. But either way, it was a fun chat with him. Man, he's down there fishing in Ensenada. Lucky him. Yeah. I didn't want to – we actually had uh, family members pass away out there in that area, going out there fishing and all that. That was years ago, but but that's a really cool place. If you haven't – if you live in California and you want to kind of get a little taste of Mexico, because it's not that far off from the border, um, it's definitely a place to check out. It's, it's really fun, really nice, really cool place to visit. Yeah, on my dad's side, cousins – so his generation, we've had a couple drown, and I think they were boating slash fishing incidents. I do know that on our generation, our cousins go out there a lot. One of them, his name is George as well. He has a boat. But I was surprised Spike said they weren't biting because when these guys go, they come in hot and heavy. Yeah, really. Great seafood out there too. I agree. All right. So this weekend we got PFL 8. 2022 playoffs. I swear I was saying it different the other day on Spinning Backlick. I think it was 2022 PFL8 playoffs. <laughs> they got to figure it out, man. It's so uh-huh. awkward. And we already told you guys about the changes. Roy McDonald is kind of like the Anthony Pettis of this week. He'll be the headliner, former UFC title contender. Uh, you know, became a champion over at Bellator. He's got Delano Taylor, Ante Delia. He'll fight Hannon Fajeda. Matthias Scheffel will fight Juan Adams. And Sadabu C will fight Carlos Leal. Those are the four that you really need to worry about because the four fights. The four winners will move on to the finals and compete for $1 million. And then you got, you know, they have their version of up-and-comers or people trying out for next season or challengers, however you want to look at it. So it's a full card, and you can watch them on ESPN and ESPN Plus on Saturday. The fights, by the way, start at 12 p.m. Eastern for the prelims and then work their way up. Now, remember, they're in Cardiff, Wales, so that's why they're, uh, there's a little bit of a time difference there. I, I repeat, 12 p.m. Eastern for the first fight. That's 9 a.m. Pacific uh, on ESPN Plus for the first fight, and then they'll work their way up. Any thoughts on that card, Goose? Uh, You know, PFL has been a lot of fun for me. I'm so glad that they're around that uh, you definitely want to tune in. Um, You know, Roy McDonald, they have certain people that they've signed that we've expected more out of, and Anthony Pettis, right? Even a Roy McDonald. Uh, So hopefully one of these guys can kind of right the ship and really come in and, and prove that they were worth selecting. And I'm not saying Anthony Pettis wasn't worth selecting for PFL because I think he did pay off in the sense of bringing eyeballs to uh, PFL, but you would have liked for him to be successful and be able to use them again the next year. And I don't know that that's going to be the case. And so we got to see what's going to happen here with Rory McDonald. Now. Yeah, I agree. Now tomorrow night, which is Friday night is Bellator 284. And they're out in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. It's headlined by Neiman Gracie and Goiti Yamaguchi. Also on the fight card is Valentin Moldovsky against Steve Maori. Maori is kind of like Johnny Eblen, you know, uh, a, a prospect that they've been grooming who's now 10-0. He's facing the tough Russian who fought Ryan Bader, if you recall, go, goes a few months ago. Uh, Moldovsky is part of Fedor's team, tough Russian guy, but he came up short against Bader. They also got former Bellator flyweight champion, Elima Lane McFarlane against Bruno Allen. Farland missed weight. She was one of two fighters that missed weight. I don't know who the other one is. 
Austin Vanderford's on the card. Josh Hill's on the card. Justine Kish versus Deanna Bennett. That'd be so a fun they fight. Have, they have some decent talent on this fight card, and those fights are at 6 p.m. Eastern for the early prelims. You can watch them on YouTube. And then at 9 p.m. Eastern, Showtime's got you covered for the main card. I don't understand Alima Lay McFarland because she was at the top and then she took a tumble. She's on a losing streak. So the last thing you want to do is come in and miss weight. You don't want to add anything else to the fact that you just haven't been winning lately. And she came in and she did that. It's just that's so unlike her. She has not been herself for a while now. She said she wanted to fight two more fights and then retire. So I don't know if she's maybe just checking out or what. But, yeah, you're right, Goes. I think you want to end it like you started it. You, you wound up getting to the top, you know. So you were, like, basically a, a poster child for Bellator, somebody they were proud of. Now, who knows? Um, she doesn't have a long history of missing weight, so I can't just completely cream on her. But there's so many fighters that we've covered over the years that have never missed weight. That's why we have that kind of a hard – a raised bar when it comes to this. True. Yeah. Finally, on Saturday, it's UFC on ESPN 41, headlined by Dominic Cruz and Marlon Vera. Let's start with that one. Any thoughts on the fight, all the controversy surrounding that fight? We already went over the Cruz DC comments, but what about these two? These two don't have uh, any love lost between them as well. Marlon Vera is an alpha male dude like he does not want to talk to anyone he doesn't want to be friends with anyone i kind of like that about a fighter i think that's the mentality that you have to have you're fighting a guy like dominic cruz and i don't know if this is if his mindset is more to psych himself up or if it's to psych dominic cruz out i don't think you're going to get in dominic cruz's head i don't really think that's possible i think everything you have to do to him is just physical um you know he's a proven champion before he, he only has three losses, I think, in his whole career, right? Which is pretty insane. So you're not going to get in Dominic Cruz's head. It's going to be a really good test to tell us where exactly Cheeto Vera is. We've always known Cheeto Vera to be a good fighter, but this is the type of fight that I think propels him into being a great fighter. With Dominic Cruz, like this is it, in my opinion. I think I said this on another show, but I just don't see him as a guy that's going to fight only to make money. I think uh, I think he really wants to get that belt, and I think if if he can't get it, I think he'll be done. You know, he's got a career outside of this, so we'll see. But uh, my early lean is Dominic Cruz in this fight. Vera was saying that Ecuador shuts down when he fights. He says it's very similar to the La Selección, which is the national soccer team. That seems a bit much, but what do I know? Maybe it does. Maybe it is that crazy. But I, it's not nothing against Cruz because he could definitely have a lot of people viewing. I just say more that I, I've been to South America when a national team plays, and I know what shutdown is. Um, so I don't know. if Man, if he's at that level, I'll, I'd be the first to go, wow, dude. Like, shout out to Ecuador, and I was wrong. But it's probably maybe half of what he said, I think. Yeah. Probably. I, I don't know. I, I already is pretty damn popular out there, though. But yeah. but yeah, shutting down is like a different beast. Yeah. Well, see, when I was in Brazil, goes, I remember how popular Anderson Silva was, the Nogueras. But when I would also talk about MMA, a lot of people would be like, huh? But man, you mentioned Ronaldo, Ronaldinho, Kaká, Adriano, Marcelo. You know, when, when I was going, this was 10, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dude, like everyone knew who they were. Everyone knew who was their last game, who was their next game, all the World Cups they've won, you know, who they beat, what the score. I mean, yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. You know, same with same with uh, in Peru, you know, neighboring countries. It, that's that's a powerful statement, you know. And again, if it's true, I'm wrong. Hats off to Ecuador for backing their guy. That's awesome. But you know that, like I say, I, I there's a little bit of doubt that it's maybe as much as as as, as he says. You had an incident with Kaká in Brazil, didn't you? I did. Yeah, I did have an incident. Uh, <laughs> couldn't stop. Couldn't stop Kaká. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, we have Nate Landwehr versus David Onama, Yasmin Jadaway versus Yasmin Lucindo, Devin Clark against Azamat Mirzakanov, Ariane Lipsky versus Priscilla Cachoeira, Gerald Mearshart versus Bruno Silva, Angela Hill versus Lupita Godinez, Cynthia Calvillo versus Nina Nunez, um, O'Day Osborne versus Tyson Nam. I mean, look, I'm not going to lie. This isn't the sexiest card I've ever seen. It's going to be uh, fun, I think. You think so? Yeah. Well, A lot of even matchups, I think. The UFC just never sucks, honestly. It rarely sucks. Even when they have 10 decisions out of 12, there's just still so many things that occur that you really have a t- tough time walking away going, ah, that sucked. They're always usually at least I think the lowest I could ever say about a UFC is probably like average, but they're always at least good. And then most of them, man, they can just leap to great so quickly. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that, that, that you have to give credit to the UFC for kind of creating that, you know, it, I don't know, man. And, I, and, and somehow, I don't know if it's just those three letters. Like why is, cause sometimes I'll tune in the Bellator and I'm watching a fight, maybe maybe because I can't bet them all or I can't live bet them. I just don't feel like I'm watching something as special on a Bellator prelim as I am on a UFC prelim. You see what I'm saying? And I don't. I have to figure out why that is the case. Because the action's still the action. You still see KOs and submissions or whatever. But you feel like, all right, well, what does the win get you? It gets you against another no-name. That's what it is, goes. It's just... There's still kind of no names for such a long time until you become something where I want to go, hey, man, AJ's fighting. Hey, bro, Pitbull's fighting. And then that person goes, hell yeah, I'm bringing the beers over. Order a pizza. What time? I'm there. Let's go. Call so-and-so. You know what I mean? That just doesn't seem to catch on with other organizations as it does with the UFC. And the UFC does a great job of making these names matter through Dana White Contender Series, The Ultimate Fighter, or just maybe the production itself or the way they elevate these fighters so quickly, you know, and, and start matching them up. I, I don't know. I, I I don't know what that secret sauce is, but I think it has something to do with that. I, I think it's going to be a fun card. I, I just think there's a lot of even matchups. Because, look, just out of nowhere, what was one of the matchups? Um, Bruna Allen and Elima Lay McFarlane. Elima Lane McFarlane is a defending champion at 125 pounds. Bruno Allen is probably a top 10 fighter. There's a very good chance that fight could be better than Cynthia Calvillo and Nina Nunes. Right? There's a chance it might not. I don't know. Maybe Calvillo Nunes is better. I don't know. But there's a chance it could be. You would think. I mean, you got a former world champion against a, a top contender. And in the other bracket, you have two top contenders. But... They're just not as well known, so therefore the win and what it'll do for Nina Nunes or Cynthia Calvillo and the loss, the devastation of the loss for either Nina Nunes and Cynthia Calvillo, that's kind of what makes you tune in a little bit, depending on which side you're riding on, versus on the other side, it's like, oh, okay. You hear the result and you're like, oh, wow, I'll be damned. And that's it. Like, you have, They have to do something to make you feel invested in it. And I think they have too big of a roster and too many meaningless fights where you're like, and so now what? You know, like Gucci, Goichi Yamaguchi and Neiman Gracie, that's their main event. And like, I'm kind of like, oh, and 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 then what? Like, if they if who wins, they get who? Like, sometimes they've had these interim titles or long spells where fighters don't fight. I mean, they don't even care about Lorenz Larkin. He's got like a five, six fight win streak going. How am I gonna get invested in Neiman Gracie and Goichi Yamaguchi? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But to be fair, Lorenz Larkin doesn't care about Lorenz Larkin either. <laughs> Perhaps, yeah. It could be that. All right, let's finish up with some uh, – what other great stories are out there? We've already kind of laid out who's on the card, when, when you can tune in. Let's finish with uh, any other news that might be out there. Nah, man, that's about it. Well, that was it? Yeah. Okay, I thought there was something else. Let me just hit the hit the refresh one more time. No, I think you're right. I think we covered it all. We got the the substitutions over at PFL, the controversial comments by Dominic Cruz, our interview with Spike Carlisle. Yeah, no, we, we the, the people that missed weight, 
uh, Cannoneer versus Strickland. We hit it all. Phil Haas versus Roman Delites at that's on October 29th. So that's after Abu Dhabi. Um, I the only thing I didn't do oh, here's something that I thought was okay. I guess Nina Nunez goes didn't leave ATT, so she's doing uh-huh. part of her camp at ATT and part of it at Amanda's new camp. Uh, I guess as long as Amanda's cool with it, all right. But I thought that was a little bizarre, right? Super bizarre. Yeah, um, that's really weird, but whatever. I mean, there you go. That that separates them, right? Because you got to believe Amanda left, and it had to do with Kayla. And so you want to back your partner in that regard. But at the same time, maybe Amanda's cool and secure enough to just go, hey, there's a lot of bodies for you to, to train with over there. Go do your thing. Um, but she managed to split and do both. So that's cool. The last thing I, I wanted to say was UFC on ESPN 41. I didn't get the start times there. On that one, on Saturday, ESPN and ESPN Plus, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific for the card in San Diego. And the main card is 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. So alert, a little earlier than last week. Last week, the main card started at 10 Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. So this one's three hours earlier. All on ESPN and ESPN+. And thank you so much for hanging with us today. We got the show out a little bit later than usual, but a lot of info covered for your viewing pleasure this weekend, the latest news that we've had, and the interview with Spike Carlisle. Don't forget to catch Goes and I on Spinning Backclick. Go to youtube.com forward slash MMA Junkie video for that. And you can follow us on our social media, Twitter and Instagram. He is at the Goes and I'm at MMA Junkie George. And we're out of here. Go out and be a champion.